0: Welcome in. It's the BCJ podcast here on BearcatJournal.com. We are presented by the Holy Grail. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. And uh, we are we are trying to recreate the magic last night that was lost in the second half of the podcast. Uh, the first half of the podcast, I was I was able to, bit by bit, go back and save uh, on the interview with Gino Gadulli. Didn't sound awesome, but I thought it was good enough. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it or not, David.
1: I have not. Okay. I've been a bit busy today.
0: Yeah, working from home with an infant can do that to you.
1: Um, Yeah, especially one that doesn't want to sleep.
0: Thanks to everyone for checking it out. I was up until uh, past 2 a.m., Going back, what I had to do, Dave, I had to go back and re-record every word I said in the podcast. Well, better you than me. It was not fun. Your words were fine. Gino's words were fine. But my cat somehow messed with my mixing board and changed a knob that hasn't been changed since I bought the mixing board. So I did not recognize that it was adjusted. And all of my audio was completely blown out. So I had to go back and re-record every word I said through a 50-minute podcast. It was an hour and 45-minute podcast. I was not going to uh, to go through and re-record all those words again. So uh, we're just going to do this tonight. And then there'll be another one tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to wake up in the morning. Me and Justin Williams are going to speak to UC head coach John Brannon. And uh, I will get that up to you sometime hopefully late morning uh, or right around lunchtime for your, your lunchtime listening. So uh, a busy week, but I figured all three of these shows are going to be pretty timeless because there's not really anything happening. So listen to them tonight, listen to them tomorrow, listen to them over the weekend. Uh, you're not going to really miss anything. So that's kind of where I'm at. That that's that's where we're at with this thing. Um, I would like to get at least one of these in every week, and I'll, I'll I'll probably bop around some. So Dave doesn't always have to join me to talk about random nonsense. I'll I'll get Brad on here and Brent on here. Uh, you're more than welcome to come if you want to. But uh, I figured it would be a good chance to to get everybody more familiar. Brad, everybody knows. I don't have to have him on. He's got his own podcast, right?
1: Yeah. He doesn't need double exposure.
0: No. (laughs) Um, But that's kind of where we're at. Uh, We released the Offensive 2 Deep today, post-spring. We'll have the the Defensive 2 Deep for you on Friday. Um, I'm going to have something in there that I'm interested to see how people react. I don't want to spoil the secret yet, the surprise, but... I'm making a fundamental change on defense. So we'll see how that goes. Any, uh, did you get to see the offensive too deep? Any, any reaction, any thoughts, David?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's kind of interesting timing that you're, you know, you released that this week and I did my article, you know, our UC preview article for Athlon. So I had to supply it too deep as well. So I've, probably given that more thought in the end of March than I normally would. So it is kind of fresh in the mind. Um, My initial thoughts on the offense is two two come to mind. One, I'm super excited about where the offensive line is. Um, I think this is the first time in a long time we probably feel pretty good about you know having at least eight guys that they feel like they can count on and maybe more. Um, well, I I still don't then, I still know, don't. I'm, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, and taking it to just like what we're kind of thinking will be the starting unit. I know we know James. <laughs> Hudson was not quote-unquote, a returning starter. He did play in the bowl game and looked, looked very good. But that starting group, you know, assuming Jeremy Cooper comes back healthy, assuming, you know, Darius Harper makes a solid transition to right tackle. And, you know, the only spot that's really open then is right guard and Vince McConnell has had, got, has had plenty of experience at various spots on the line. So that starting group, that could be one of the could be one of the better uh, overall units that we've seen in a long time, especially when you consider like what you have at tackle. That you know, you, you now have kind of your prototypical big time program NFL type tackles, which is something that UC's never had. Just because that's not the way the program has ever been set up. You know, you're always. For the most part, up until the last few years, you're always trying to find guys and develop instead of bringing in, you know, your 6'5", 290 oh, get... high school senior. It was always uh, a Corey Cunningham type of situation, and it's right. nice to not really have to see that anymore. Yeah,
0: um, I w- I would say, I don't know that I'm ready to say I feel comfortable eight deep. And a lot of that is just we haven't like I think there's a lot of talent in those young guys, but we haven't seen a whole lot out of them yet. So like your Dylan O'Quinn's, right. your Colin Woodside, your yeah. Marcelo Mendiolas. Um you know, we haven't seen much from them yet. But I do think they're they're gonna be good and they're gonna be ready when called upon. Um I think Mets will be better with a year under his belt. Um from what I from what I can gather and talking to people, the idea with him is uh keep him on the right side so he can just continue to learn one thing and be good at one thing. Yep. Um, I, I think that is the right move. Uh, what'll be interesting. And, and unfortunately the way that um, that first week of practice was set up, John Williams was only there on Saturday. He had class on Monday and Wednesday, so I didn't get to see him in the second and third practices. But from from talking to people around the program, they are very excited about him. And I know I listed Dylan O'Quinn as the left tackle, the second team left tackle. And I think that's where he's at for now. But I think ideally you want O'Quinn on the inside um, competing for one of those two left guard, right guard spots. Um, whether it be... Pushing the first team, Cooper and, and Woods or uh, and, and McConnell, or battling with Mendiola and Woodside, who's still working to get healthy. Um, I think you would like O'Quinn there. If John Williams can fill that role as a true freshman, then you're in really good shape. And we saw Jonathan Allen a little bit at left tackle. Um, he is a he is the picture of developmental. He's probably still. At least a year, maybe two years from really seeing the field. So I don't think you're fully comfortable, you know, with with him as your backup left tackle. Uh, but but right, I, Renfro, Jake Renfro, they think he can come in and really push to be the backup center. Um, I know they really like Zach Hummel as well. I think the problem with Hummel is you still probably have to get 30, 40 pounds on him. Um, he's still kind of in yeah. <clears throat> He's in the mold of one of those <clears throat> quick and athletic defensive tackles uh, that they like to cause trouble on the inside. He is not quite yet uh, thick enough, big enough to be a guy you would feel comfortable putting out there at center. That's This the, this break hurts Hummel quite a bit because this would have been a great time for him to work towards adding some of that weight uh, that they would have needed on with him by camp. Hopefully he can still, you know, still has the ability to do that at home. Um, Maybe they just tell him to lay around and and, and get fat and they'll trim it up when they get back. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. I I think the offensive line is very interesting, and I I think it is. I I really like that line with with Dino Boyd, Kyle Trout, um, Morgan James, Garrett Campbell, and uh, Ferg. 2 years ago I think that was a really good line but the the crazy the, you know we did we just didn't know what that line was going to be like until Dino got here. And then once Dino got here and Dino was good it was like all right you know this thing everybody got to move back you didn't have to play Trout at tackle you could move him back inside the guard Campbell could move to center it allowed all the pieces to fit um and you kind of have that with Hudson slotting him in at that left tackle spot now you don't have to worry about left tackle everybody can kind of move down towards their natural more natural positions. So it, it, it's very interesting uh, they did pretty much, you know, when they had a chance to go with that first team line, they went with that first team line pretty much every snap and then uh when they went live the last two days, Cooper was held out just because there's no point in you know, he had a pretty serious knee right. dislocation. There's no you don't need him in there live in in March. But no. If you're if you're Ron Crook after what he's gone through these first three years trying to patchwork everything together, you gotta feel damn good looking down at that that roster now and saying, All right, I, I think I got me for sure five starters and potentially three or four really talented backups as we're moving into, you know, year four.
1: Definitely. Um the other thing that jumped out to me and I'm sure it jumped out to you. I don't have any idea what you put down for a two-deep at wide receiver right now. No, and that, that
0: was compromised even more. Bluesmith out with a, a foot injury. He was in a cast on one of those little like one-legged rolling uh, scooters. So he's out of the mix for now. And I, even if we would have gotten 15 practices, I don't think we would have known what wide receiver was going to look like. No. So it, it, I was joking with uh, somebody I was talking to when I was, when I was working on the two deep, and they said, can you just list all the new guys? And I'm like, well, you haven't seen them play yet. but
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I, where do I put where? <laughs> I do think you'll see. But, yeah, I mean, you have Alex Pierce and Jason Jackson, who are the likely, most likely filling two of those spots. Maybe. He I mean, he doesn't I, use a full. Yeah. I think Trey you Tucker. Saying like if you're. To put the two deep. To put the two deep together right now. I
0: think Trey Tucker and Jay Sean Jackson are pretty even if they're both in the slot. Which, But that would mean. Right. Somebody else would have to step up into one of those outside spots.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you're, I was like, okay. um, I guess. Because I mean, really. You only really had six guys even av- available to put into a two-deep in the spring. Well, Garen
0: Prater could have slid in there. I thought he, he i thought he had two pretty solid days on Monday and Wednesday. Um, Friday practice was closed, so I didn't get to see that one. But I thought he sh- he started to show at least a little bit of – what had everybody up in Columbus buzzing last year at spring practice. And then by the time he got here, he had a back injury, he needed back surgery. Uh, That's what really kept him limited for all of last year. So I think that's another name you, you probably could have slid in there. But other than that, I mean, that's about it. That really is, you know, there wasn't much else. So that's why that room needed an overhaul. You got five guys coming in, and I'm guessing there's going to be a sixth. If you've followed along closely on Bearcat Journal, you have a pretty good idea of who that's going to be. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was an unknown going into camp. We only got four practices, so no surprise. It is, it is very much an unknown uh, coming out of a four-day spring camp. And poor Alec Pierce. Right, I felt so bad for him. They actually got to the point by like Wednesday, they were moving him around from that boundary wide receiver position just so he could get reps that did not involve Ahmad Gardner. <laughs> yeah, that's got to um, be frustrating, man. We, we,
1: yeah,
0: we talked about it last night. Spring we,
1: ball, you're not supposed to. On, yeah. Spring ball, you're not supposed to just like not get any passes because the DBs mocking locking
0: you up. Well, I mean, he got passes. It's just Gardner knocks him away. Like, his ability to do that, and we talked about this a lot on the, the podcast that, that didn't survive last night. Um, through a couple sources, as I, I was calling around on this Too Deep thing, uh, there was an assistant coach for one of the better teams in the American that that said Sauce was the best corner that they played all year. And they played some high-level teams. And to get that out of a kid that you thought was going to be a developmental guy, you thought was going to be, what, your your sixth, fifth or sixth corner? Last year when you talk about Kobe and Cam Jeffries and Arquan Bush, Justin Harris, um, fifth, maybe sixth guy, depending on Taj Ward, because Taj Ward started camp at corner, so technically he was the sixth guy. And the sixth guy on your depth chart becomes the first-team all-conference cornerback. That is uh, Enjoy that, because that's not something we're going to see very much, if ever, again. And two, it sets up for at least two pretty more exciting years of, of having Ahmad Gardner locking people down on the boundary side uh, in the Cincinnati defense.
1: Yeah, I mean for sure it's it's pretty remarkable, you know the way he you know Pro Football Focus is is only one of these analytics driven you know groups now, but they're a pretty popular group and I think they do pretty good work and they had him as pretty much the second best corner in the country last year behind uh, Daryl Stingley Jr. at LSU. Which means, you know, progression is what it is. He's only a freshman. We have no idea what's going to happen. But, I mean, we are talking about a possible high-level NFL draft pick. And, you know, (laughs) even us standing at higher ground would have looked at someone with befuddlement and then burst into uncontrollable laughter. If they would have told us that in August, there was one person that
0: got it right. Besides Mike Mickens, well, Mike Mickens obviously got it right. The only other person that really that, that really nailed that one was Brandon Sasna. The first day at camp, he walked out. He saw Sauce, and he was like, "Who the bleepity bleep is that?" And I'm like, dude, that's the he's like the sixth guy. Calm down. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> this is this is strictly from his, you know, his his time with the Cleveland Browns. And I get it, like when you look at Sauce, he is insanely long. And and he, he has that, you know, that kind of look and swagger of a of an NFL cornerback. And Brandon picked that out way before any of us, because as everybody knows, like I I was as big a Justin Harris guy as you could possibly find. And I think the staff was, too. I think the staff believed coming in, Justin Harris is going to really help us this year. Um, and, and it you know, it, it wasn't for, for Justin Harris not being good. It was that Sauce was just that much better. Um, but I, I do have to give credit. Yeah. I do have to give credit to Brandon on that because Brandon was the one person that, that walked up, took one look at him, and was like, that guy, one of these things is not like the others. For all you parents that are that are home watching a lot of Sesame Street, Sesame Street's still a thing. <laughs> you watch Sesame Street, Dave?
1: We're not there yet. Nah. you're getting close. We are. Uh, we're Paw Patrol, Bubble Guppies, um, some some dog show. Uh, Paw Patrol uh, Paw Patrol's Paw Patrol's like taking over the world.
0: Kelsey was on there. They're very, very anti. They
1: have, they have an anti-cat agenda, and there's a lot of anti-cat propaganda. And we are cat owners, so we try not to allow the the cat hate to seep into young Will's uh. m- mind. So um, that one tries to stay off as much as possible, but.
0: I mean, the kids like what the
1: kids like, Kelsey. Well, there's, I can't show me sports right now. No, you can't. They love basketball. Can't show them that.
0: No, you can't. So it, it's a, it's a very anti-cat show, huh? Kelsey caught the back end, like yeah. right when that was starting, was when Kelsey was kind of coming out of the uh, the kitty cartoon phase. Um, but I yeah. like I've got a nephew that like for two Christmases, the only thing you were really asked to buy him was like anything Paul Patrol. So oh, yeah. I, I know they're a big like they have their own like Disney on ice type thing too, don't they? Where they like travel around. Oh
1: yeah. I mean the whole thing's huge. Yeah. I got friends that have kids that are you know, in in that like three to five year old range and that's like the only it's like life right now. It's like the only thing they care about. <laughs> um
0: but sauce, yeah, back to sauce uh just remarkable to think a guy came from from that far off the radar to he's going to be like the preseason first team all conference corner the next two or three years um <laughs> you just ne- oh, yeah. you never know in recruiting you literally just never know when you're going to get a surprise like that when it's going to pop uh when you, when you didn't anticipate it but um I don't know. I don't have a whole lot more like planned UC stuff. I don't think you did I know you've got questions. We had some questions uh, that you asked me last night. Um, I've got a couple. Let's, let's look at what I've got here. Oh, wow. A bunch let's more uh, Let's go
1: with the one uh, we did with Oh we'll do the – over. keep the UC going for a little while longer. Do over-under football wins. What we think Vegas will say when – Ever they actually
0: like put that out? What was that? I'm sorry. Can you uh,
1: over under on? Oh, wins! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Football yeah, yeah. wins. Yeah. Whenever um, Vegas puts that out, I I think
0: it should probably be nine and a half or eight and a half. But what I think Vegas will probably do is seven and a half. If I had to guess. So you look at it, you've got Nebraska on the road, you' got UCF and Temple on the road, you've got Memphis at home. Yes, this program is as strong as it's ever been, top to bottom on the roster, but you're still gonna be without probably the heart and soul of, of 2 11 win teams and Mike Warren. and you're too emotional. And physical leaders on the defense in Brian Wright and Terry Young. um, I think Vegas sets it at seven and a half. I probably would set it at eight and a half. I think that would probably be a better spot to get more money on the under. Because I think if you go seven and a half, I think most of the money would be on the over there. Um, But that's my guess is Vegas goes seven and a half.
1: Yeah, I agree, because I look at it as like eight and a half means that if you're betting over, that's, not, that's nine and three. And for us, nine and three isn't what we want. That would probably mean not in the conference championship. And But from just like a pure betting standpoint, nine and three is a really good season in college football. Right. With, with a chance to get a 10th win. So, you know, if they're trying to get, you know, obviously their goal is to get money on both sides.
0: I just don't know how much money you get on the, so, the short side at seven and a half. How many people are betting this I team goes so seven I, and five?
1: I think that's, but I think, I think that's where you come in with like, what do they call them? The, the sharps? Like, Because they know everybody's going to be betting the other way. So the value bet is to come in on the under and just hope that, you know, a bunch of bad stuff happens. Right.
0: I don't know. I'm pretty set on that one, though. I think. Are you sure? I think 7.5 is where we see it. And I I would hammer the over there. Um,
1: Oh. I would hammer the over at 8.5. But
0: here's an interesting one people keep talking about Prater playing hoops he's not playing hoops he was joking around on a on an Instagram live he's not playing basketball let's just get that out of the way but uh, Danny V says let's fr- flip the script which current basketball player do you think would be the best football
1: player on the current roster?
0: Yeah, current roster. Which current basketball player?
1: So, like, are we are we taking like the graduating seniors count?
0: Um, I'm gonna say no because I think that's the easy answer. I think Trey Scott's the easy answer. Oh no, not to me at all. I mean, Trey Scott had SEC interest in football.
1: Chris McNeil's a DB all the way.
0: I could say, but yeah, but I you make Trey Scott like a red zone tight end at six foot eight, the way he goes and gets the ball, I I would easily go Trey Scott. I also think Mike Adams would.
1: You have to put on thirty. he have to put on thirty pounds. I, I mean, I'm just taking them like as they are right now. Not
0: really. How much? Josh Wiley's not two sixty. Of course, he breaks easily. What's Trey two two fifteen. Two twenty.
1: 225 maybe. Chris 68 220, you're getting crushed by some D-ends.
0: Yeah, but that's the, the you put him at the K position and you don't have him in line blocking. You have him running passing routes and you have him, you know, around the end zone, throw the ball up and have him make a play. I think sure. I I think I would go Mike Adams woods at DB over Chris McNeil though. Personally,
1: you think so I look at McNeil as like a slot corner because I think he's more quicker than fast yeah and would be good in that short area of what you're asking like a, and I'm looking at it more from like a NFL standpoint right now just because free agency in the draft is like in my brain so yeah. when I say slot corner they don't say that you don't say that a lot in college um, but like that's kind of what I where I would look at it. What about Keith,
0: wide receiver, safety? Where you think he'd be best?
1: Uh, uh, playing basketball.
0: Yeah, I don't know the key I don't know that Keith translates as a football
1: player. I can no, see either I- got to be like, because like, I mean he's like it's funny to think about it, but like he's a really really big wide receiver. Yeah, I mean he's six three. Well, he's six three and a half, maybe. Keith?
0: Yeah. He's not six five. No. I'd no? say six four at the biggest. He'd probably get mad at me for saying that, but I think he's around six four, I mean, <laughs> six three and a half, six four. Let's see what they list him officially. Yeah,
1: I mean, I would, I would say the, the three guys most. And I would actually think, cause like, I don't even know if they could do it, but like, would actually make sense. Would be Trey, Mike, and Chris McNeil. Yeah, I think
0: I'd agree with that. Davenport, too thin. Could you get him up to like two forty to be a rush end, maybe? Because he's relentless.
1: I mean, you can, you can get all these guys. <laughs> Wh- right, wherever you want them. I think, but. I think, I think Davenport would be
0: interesting as like a, a speed outside rush end type.
1: A, a, a sniper? A sniper? Yeah.
0: No, a jack. More of a jack than a sniper.
1: Jack. Yeah.
0: Rush end. Um. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Of the new guys, yeah. of the new guys, it would be Mikey, of course. I always like the crossovers. Um, football teams' overall ability and record this year. I think we kind of just did that, right?
1: Yeah, With I mean, the record.
0: We gotta save something for like if there's actually a season. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Um, Mikey Saunders is a deep threat. would Would be interesting. Then you'd find out if he had elite speed or if he has elite quickness. <laughs>
1: Uh, I would, I would venture to guess, quickness. Yeah, you're
0: a big thing with his game is that like the the one two hesitation and his change of speed, and that doesn't help like, you as much on the football Trey, field. I don't see Trey Tucker in him. Trey Tucker's fa- like track faster, He's like, fast, fast. Yeah. Who's your favorite non-legendary fan favorite Bearcat? And tell us a good story about them. What sport? It doesn't specify.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um, Man. I mean, I I would guess. Hmm, that's a hard one. Because you got to go. I mean, what do you what 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 classifies legendary slash fan favorite? I mean, that covers like. So I got to pick somebody that that nobody liked that wasn't any good, like Jaquan. Right, Barton. like
1: I mean, for <laughs> for basketball, like from the time you know, I remember like my teams that I really started to remember, like where I could remember specific games and like and stuff right. like that would be like mid nineties, like Forts and. And those guys it was the start of it.
0: I'd go back right around like, to like I remember, 90, 90, 92, 91, 92, right around the final four years. I, mean, I, was remember like 12,
1: the, I remember the final four teams, but I was in fifth grade, I think. Right. So it's like, it's not front of mind. So like, I remember 96, like sweet 16 against short or against Georgia tech, elite Eight against Mississippi state, like, I remember all that, obviously all of, like Kenyan stuff. So, I mean, my two, the two guys that I've probably like those like biggest biggest fans of were Kenyan and SK, which is a, kind of like a cop out because they were both
0: really really good. But yeah, the, the two all Americans. I don't think that counts as non-legendary. <laughs> non-le- oh, I didn't hear the
1: I didn't hear the non-legendary. Yeah,
0: they can't be legendary. They can't be a fan favorite. So who's your favorite okay, average well, guy?
1: Uh, who's my favorite guy that no one else likes?
0: Yeah, I guess so.
1: Um, does Pete Michael count?
0: Um, I I I would count it cuz I don't think he was like legendary and there was so much hype around Kenyon and Dermar, and and DeMar and Sat even a little bit cuz he was so highly rated and like a New York legend. Um
1: I think I would count Pete Michael. Okay, then my two guys would be Pete Michael and Emmanuel McElroy. IMac would definitely be
0: up there. Uh, T Rat, I think T Rat was a really important piece in those uh, those early Huggins teams. He was the the kind of the IMac, the defensive stopper, you know, the the glue guy. I got mine. I got mine. Who's who's yours? Rashad Bishop.
1: Yeah. And the guy just, the guy used. Really Go ahead. I really wish him and DJ Kennedy would have <laughs> just fought that game.
0: <laughs> no, you know the fight I wish I would have seen? Steve Toyloy and that little punk point guard for Notre Dame at U.S. Bank Arena. Remember that? When there there was uh, no like, there was like I can a, honestly say I don't there was a tie up or something for the ball right around midcourt and I, what people didn't know Steve Toyloy was really quiet um but that was the dude on that team like you did not want it to come to hands with Steve Toyloy. and the little Notre Dame point guard started popping off and it was like oh we're gonna get see somebody get murdered tonight here right here and uh, they came over and they got Toyloy and held him back. Uh, but I, I would go Bishop, I just man. Wanted,
1: I, would, I just wanted Rashad and DJ to go at it because they were at it all game yeah. and they're both crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think and I maybe I'm crazy. I think his senior year, Rashad Bishop was the best defender in the country. Because every game they went into in the Big East he was tasked with this is the baddest dude on the floor, and nine times out of ten, Rashad completely locked him up, and he still managed to put up ten and points.
1: That was the, that was the elite biggie. That was the 11, 11 bid biggie. Yeah. Season. So if I BC beat Missouri and then lost to UConn.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rashad stories I can't tell. Rashad stories those. No. He took he took a lot of naps in the locker room. I, I'll tell the... I don't think I'll get in too much trouble for this one. You know how when the team goes back in, like when they play the alma mater with like 10 minutes left? The team goes yeah. back in the locker room. They clear the floor right before they come out and do the final layup line and and introductions. Rashad would sneak out and uh, right right by that entrance, um, going towards the, the uh, uh, rec center. He'd sneak out and, and crush a Newport ten minutes before tip-off. <laughs> he might kill me if he ever found out that I told that story. But that—that's a—that's a—that's well, that's, that's my favorite guy. That wasn't like a big fan favorite, uh, super talent. Like you know, it, it, that's not an easy one. But that guy took the toughest assignment every night, and he crushed it. So for me, that that goes a long way. So I was always a big Rashad Bishop guy.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Um, we got another one. <clears throat> UC fans are confident the Bearcats can beat Nebraska next year at their place. Do you guys share that opinion as well? Yes. Yeah. I, I. You know. You know. I have a lot of confidence in where this team is at, Dave. I still worry that we haven't seen them. In a big game, be to play exceptionally well on the road. So that would be my concern. Right. I think they probably have at least as good, if not a better team than Nebraska. Nebraska by game four. It's interesting because I mean that could go one of two ways. Nebraska could play well through their first three games. And, you know, they're kind of on a roll by game four. Or they could drop a game or two and be a dumpster fire by the time UC gets there, and that would change the dynamic of things. Um, I would probably pick UC to win right now if I had to do so, but I still just don't feel overly comfortable yet with, with this team in a big game uh, on the road that that they consistently are going to win these games. We, that's, what, that's the next step. When I see the next step, I will believe the next step is happening, but as of yet, uh, we have not gotten there. Is that fair?
1: It is fair, and I'm, I am I kind of looked at it from the other side that I'm just not buying the Scott Frost Nebraska hype yet. Okay.
0: I mean, I'm not knocking you for that. Uh, so, yeah.
1: You know, they – I can't say that I'm real up to speed on their roster right now. I know their quarterback just cause he was pretty highly touted. And I believe either was committed or almost committed to Tennessee before Frost got that job. So I know who he is. Yeah. Um. But I think he's kind of underwhelmed at least from expectations and those might've not been fair. Um, But other than that, like, what is it? This will be year three. Is that right? Yes. Like, year two, year one was a disaster, which, okay, not surprising. Year two wasn't a whole lot better. No. And that was his thing at UCF was 0-12, 6-6, 12-0. Yes, they didn't go zero and twelve in year one, but I'm—I mean, I don't even—I mean, again, I don't know a lot about. But did they even go six and six this year? I, mean, I don't. If they did, they were in some very random. I don't remember any bowl Big game. Ten bowl game. So they haven't taken that like considerable step yet.
0: Five and seven, three and six in the them Big is Ten. That they had
1: a really good. They had a really good running back who did a lot of apparently really bad things and was kicked off the team. Those are like literally the only two things I know about them. So five
0: and seven record, three and six in the Big Ten.
1: That doesn't like I mean, and they're in the West, right? So it's not like they're playing Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan every year. No, you're right. But they got what?
0: Before you see they've got Purdue, Central Michigan, San Diego State, then Cincinnati. All at home. So, there's a good a decent chance they're they're 3 and 0 heading into that game. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how how well they're playing. Cuz I definitely I think since I think it'll be a close game. Um I'm just not quite ready to predict a win on the road at Nebraska quite yet.
1: Um, here's a good one. I, a I don't think there's anything unfair about that.
0: What's uh, John Brannon's plan to replace Jaron and Trey's production? Um, keep recruiting good players. <laughs> I hope that Keith Williams is ready for a huge senior season. And rebounding, it's going to have... Pray. Pray? That's your answer, pray? Pray. (laughs) Yeah. Um, If you had to put a percentage on the likelihood of Corey Kiner choosing the Bearcats, what would it be? Uh, I'll say
1: 51%. 69%. Nice. 51%. I always love those questions. I do too. We could we could throw out any number, right? I mean, one one percent, one hundred percent. I have no earthly idea.
0: I say fifty one percent because I think it is more likely than not. I think he ends up at Cincinnati, but that is not by any large percentage. Like it's one percent, two percent. It's fifty one forty nine. Okay. If I if I'm I was... hold
1: you to that, if he doesn't pick, if he doesn't pick UC, okay. we're going to come back to this and say. How could you be so wrong? All right, here uh,
0: here we go. This one's getting a little off the rails. Um, not That's the why
1: rails. we don't do crystal balls.
0: Yeah. If you could have a roundtable sports discussion with any five sports commentators throughout history, dead, al- dead or alive, who would they be?
1: Um, Any five sports commentators. Dead or alive. Dead or alive, who would they be? Bob Trumpy would easily be in those five for me. Did he call games at all? Yeah.
0: Okay. I figured yeah, he, he did. Called
1: college, he called like um old like 80s college football like major bowl games like the I remember him doing like Notre Dame Orange Bowl or something. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive he did some, like, college football games. I mean, you'd have to have Cosell, right? Yeah, are we saying, like, any like actual any. game commentators or anybody that's talked to, that talks about sports?
0: It says specifically commentators. Five okay. sports commentators. So. so that
1: could be play-by-play or Or color, yeah.
0: Either or. Okay, you John, have, John, Men and Pat Summerall. You have to go. Raftery has to be in there, right? Because you are going to get loaded with Raftery no, there. for sure. Yeah, you are taking Summerall and Madden. Trumpy. Yeah, because Raftery. Are, are you not doing Cosell? I
1: don't, I don't know. Or is that you know, your five? He was. I mean, I. He was so far before, before my time. Yeah. And what was it again? What are we picking these guys to do? Just like who our favorites were, or like we having beers with them, or a
0: roundtable sports discussion? I would assume in this in this genre, sports commentators, I would assume alcohol is involved. I'm gonna make that assumption. I'm gonna okay. make that
1: call. This one's gonna. This one's gonna be a little bit. I want guys that like know their sports, but also will like actually tell you good stories.
0: Yes, I agree with that.
1: So, so Trumpy definitely would. Raftery definitely would. Yes. Madden, Summerall.
0: And I'm and, out on Summerall. I'm not, I'm okay on Madden. I think I don't think Summerall would. I think Summerall would be. I don't know that he would be like the life of the party type guy. Maybe I'm wrong.
1: I'm, I need one person to keep us all from going to jail. Okay. Okay. And he's kind of like to me. He's kind of like the fort like the I don't know if you'd say Godfather, but like the quintessential like play-by-play person.
0: Yeah. Al Michaels, Vin Scully.
1: That's that's those are I don't know I like to, those are too, like too easy for me.
0: Um, Brett Musburger. I think I would
1: pick. I think this is just very very personal to me because of being a Mets fan. I would pick Ron Darling, just to hear the stories about the '86 Mets and what they did on road trips <laughs> and destroying an airplane. I mean, that's coming fair. back from the playoffs. Like, that,
0: that's fair. Someone but, with know. intimate knowledge of one specific team is a way to go. To... Yeah. I mean, I guess as a Reds fan, Marty would be, like, Marty would be good as a Reds fan because you would get all of the stories. And from what I've heard, like he 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 spins a mean tale and has a a quite biting tongue while doing so. So yeah. I think he would bust chops. Like I think he would be a fun one to have around. And people forget, like early in Marty's career, Marty did a lot of other stuff. He did Final Fours, and like he was a. Oh yeah, I, I I would go Marty for sure.
1: Well, didn't he do the? Didn't he do the Kentucky Duke game in '92? On
0: radio, yeah, I think he did. Oh, on radio, okay. I don't think it was TV. I think it was radio. I could be wrong on that. I don't know. They just played it the other day, and I didn't hear anybody talking about Marty. You think you would have if if Marty was calling yeah. it? I would go Marty Raftery. Uh, oh, we forgot an easy one.
1: Bill Walton. Yeah. We if I, if it was me and Bill, we we would definitely get in trouble. <laughs> I'll go
0: Madden. So what's that give me? Four? Marty, Raftery, Walton. Like, I
1: don't know if I don't know if Madden, you can put Bill Raftery and Bill Walton. In together. the same
0: place at the same time. That would be true.
1: You're just you're just asking
0: for be <laughs> That that's a lot of drugs and alcohol. Like you're mixing. You're crossing yeah. you're crossing streams there.
1: Right. I mean either you either go just drink all night with Raftery or get high with Walton. You do them both, and you're just you're just asking for problems. Because <laughs> like, that's fair. If but you're i are one of those guys. You're like, come on, Dave, come on, Chad, let's go do this. Like we're gonna like you're gonna say no.
0: Absolutely not. Um, who would my fifth be? That's tough. Uh. I'll go Cosell just for the the historical perspective. I would go Cosell. Yeah, he would. I think he would have some yeah. legendary stories to tell. How about like? How about going out in left field I and doing like, like McEnroe, John McEnroe.
1: Yeah, that's another one. Like, you know, you're you're on the streets of New York City with McEnroe, Raftery, and Walton. <laughs> <What> like, an <laughs> epic! That would be the <laughs> most epic night ever yeah, especially if you didn't know someone to bail you out of jail the next day. <laughs> oh, crap. Or or they're so popular that you'd really have to do something yeah. I mean, that's super the other bad thing. To, to get arrested. So maybe you roll with the craziest group, and then when the cops come, they're like, well, we can't possibly. I'm not going to be the cop that arrests McEnroe. Walton and Raftery at the same time. Right. Who
0: wants to be that asshole?
1: So they probably just kill on Dan. you and then you get arrested and they get they go home.
0: No, I think you could like you'd have to at that point you'd have to kind of blend in and be like, "Uh, I'm the DD. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one trying to keep all these old guys in check." <laughs> yeah. So I got I got Marty, I got Raff, I got Walton. I got uh Where did I go from there? Marty Raff Walton I'm going to go McEnroe Cosell. over Cosell. And who was my who was the fourth guy I said? Oh, Madden. Madden.
1: Madden.
0: Yeah, I, I I bounced I bounced Cosell for McEnroe. For pure entertainment value. I, I the problem like the thing is, I don't think you would get up from the table from wherever you're at For like six hours Because it would just be non-stop laughter Oh
1: no That's the problem But see that's the problem with picking Walton Because you wouldn't be able to get up After six hours Nah whatever
0: Walton's on so Probably is wearing off in six hours
1: Maybe you don't get in trouble then Because you can't leave your Right
0: that's what I'm saying You're just stuck wherever you started <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a good topic That was fun all right, we're 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 getting up near an hour already, which is uh which is fantastic cuz I wanted this to just kind of be, you know, as UC centric as possible but but off the wall and and Dan Horde's probably going to be mad that ne- neither of us picked him. But I don't think that's fair for me because okay. I hang out I hang out with Dan Horde all the time.
1: I think it says more about you and I and where our, <laughs> right? where we are in our lives that we looked at this as like who could we do the most messed up stuff with? Right. And and to Dan's credit, he does not make the list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if it was just a list of legendary announcers, Dan would be on there. But <laughs> who are we getting messed up with for a night in New York City? Hell, I don't care. The thing with that group is, I don't care where you take that group. You're gonna you can no. be in Des Moines, Iowa. And you're going to have a hell of a time with the five that I picked. Hey, no doubt about
1: that.
0: You got, you got one more for me? We'll do one more. It's brought to you by Leah's Landscaping, our main man, Justin Berg. Um, get in touch. He has got you taken care of. Leah'slandscaping.com. L I A S Landscaping.com. He's also got a page on Facebook. You can message him on Bearcat Journal. I'm not sure the extent of. Uh, where his landscaping business is at but I haven't heard from him so I assume he's uh, he's out working they're outside and um, so I, I don't know exactly uh, where that is uh, with the with the shutdown but when everything returns to normal and you've got to you know get your yard in order uh, because you've been holed up in the house for months and months and months and it rains every day then give burger contact Leah's landscaping. Let them know that I sent you. Bearcat fans get preferential treatment. Xavier fans get charged double. What's one last question you got for me to rock this thing uh, out on a good note? Give, make it a good one, Dave.
1: Let's do the... If you if there was a reality show right. of coaches quarantined together, what, what would be some that you would be most interested in watching? These can be... Any coach, any sport, any time period.
0: Uh, Coach O would have to be there, right? Although, I think part of the problem is you'd have to subtitle Coach O, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if you're... If you don't kind of understand that dialect a little bit already to begin with and he gets rolling good luck
0: <laughs> no clue what he's saying at any point in time none good Good luck Um, I mean that's hard because I don't really find a whole lot of coaches all that interesting it's all coach
1: speak, and it, it. I don't know who would you pick. Mick Cronin and Sean Miller. I mean,
0: that's pretty good, but they might not even speak. Like, uh, or uh, what's the format here? Um,
1: Chad, we've we've known Mick how long? He's A long definitely. Time.
0: Speaking. A long time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So there would have to be like it would have to be like a two guys that don't like each other. World slash Big Brother type city. Like it couldn't just be them two because then they could just avoid each other. Right. That's what I'm saying. You have no show. But there's like there has to be like some other people involved. But from like a entertainment standpoint, I think like Coach O and Coach Tanuda, I feel like would be friendly with each other. Yeah, I feel like they have some things in common.
0: No doubt, I think that would be that would be a good one. Um, man, Coach Cal and Bruce Pearl. I'd yeah, love that. I'm sure those, like, those two know where all the bodies are buried,
1: right? Yeah, and that also two guys that, that, you know, aren't real quiet.
0: No, you would get a lot of uh, a lot of quality entertainment out of that. Um, I, that's, like I said, like, basketball's hard because there's just not a lot of guys that are interesting.
1: Yeah, there, are def- there definitely seems like there's more... More personalities in in football than basketball. Probably even more in baseball. Because
0: those guys, like, they're just kind of hanging out all summer, right?
1: Yeah, but we don't know who any of the coaches are. No, but I mean, like, <laughs> the old
0: days. Like, Earl Weaver and Bobby Cox and, you know, oh. the, the guys that ran out of the... Yeah. You, said, you said any time period. Like, I'm sure some of those guys yeah, would be pretty true. fun. Um, and Sparky probably. Sparky Anderson probably had... A boatload of stories he could have told. Jim Leland
1: over the years. Uh, Jack McKeon. Sparky, spark, Sparky Anderson and Billy Martin together.
0: Yeah. Jack McKeon would be one that I would be interested in. He'd just, what ha- about he'd just hang out with the Stogie. Glass of bourbon. I could see that.
1: Yeah. Everyone's favorite. Uh, who, who was the Cubs manager that got fired? Joe, Joe Madden. Madden. I, I don't find. I find, I find him
0: un, <laughs> completely uninteresting. He doesn't do it for me at oh, all. I'm like, like, I'm totally joking about him. Okay. Good. Because I just I don't find him all that compelling at all. A uh, Billy Martin. Billy Martin would probably have been pretty fun.
1: Yeah, Billy Martin and uh, Sparky.
0: Yeah. All right. What, what are you watching right now, Dave? Have you made it? I have not started Tiger King. I don't know if I'm I'm going to because I think it's – now it's at the point where it's got too much hype. So I don't know if I'm going to watch nope. it. I,
1: you, you have to watch
0: it. I have to watch it.
1: You have to watch it just to get to episode five. Like I will completely admit that it's probably like it's seven episodes they're all roughly like 45 minutes. It's probably an hour to an hour and a half too much. Like after episode 5, episode 6 and 7 were kind of let down. But episode 5 is the most insane 45 minutes of television I've ever seen. All right. I'll see
0: if I can stomach getting myself to start watching it tonight. I was supposed-
1: it's that. And, it's, and you'll watch it and go, how in the hell do they get all of how in the hell are all of these people like intertwined? Like there's no way you could get all of these people to know each other and be obsessed with each other. And I mean, it really is like, I, I, I was at one point watching it and I had other friends that were like, i would be like, I'm in episode five. And they're like, I'm in episode three, blah, blah, blah. And I would just be like, Oh my God. In like our big group chat. And, and I think I said that like three or four times. And then it would be funny. Cause like the next day, someone would just go, I'm about to start episode five. And ten minutes later, it'd be, oh my god! <laughs> and then ten minutes later, no, F, no effing way! It's, it's. I I don't want to tell say any of it because it's so unbelievable that I don't want to ruin it for anybody that might want to see it and that hasn't seen it yet. I'm a comedy guy,
0: uh, so I was I loved. The Burt Kreischer special last Tuesday that came out on Netflix. Uh, If you if you watch that one, if you don't know, and this is my one of my favorite tidbits that people don't know, Van Wilder was written after Burt Kreischer. Were you aware of that? Have I told you that before? I was. I was aware of that. And the machine story is real. Like that all actually happened. And he is like he has just gotten to the point where his comedy is relatable. It's hilarious. His joke telling, the the joke at the Starbucks at the beginning of the special, I was crying with how funny it was. Oh yeah,
1: I I love his jokes about his daughters.
0: Well, did you see the video he put up the other day? No I have not He he had a video sitting in his living room They started the special with his two daughters In the room And they got to the one The, the Polly won a cracker joke And they're like Oh my god dad dad no god And it only lasted like 60 seconds and, and she was freaking out and, and he got to the end of the joke And then he was like you want to hear the jokes About you and she just ran out of the room No absolutely not <laughs> Yeah, the the dreams the joke when
1: he's talking about his, when he's in charge of the girls. Yeah, the party for like a week. Yeah. that was
0: insane. That was great. The dreams it was phenomenal. That one's on Twitter, so I don't feel bad ruining that one. When when Isla comes down and she's like, "What did you think about those dreams last night, big boy?" He's like They all had the same dream But then he was like wait a minute She was in a couple of my dreams last night (laughs) (laughs) Oh so good But Tom Segura came out yesterday I was going to watch it yesterday And then the disaster of uh, May 24th happened Which Dave Literally two minutes After I got off the phone with you To let you know what happened to the podcast My power went out for two and a half hours
1: yeah, well, you guys had a had a fun night down there in the KY.
0: So, at about two hours and fifteen minutes, I'm like, one, my phone's starting to get low, and two, I've got to try to like somehow start seeing if I can fix this audio. Um, so, I've got Wi-Fi in my car, and I've got obviously a phone charger. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go out to the car. It's not cold. So I'm going to go out. I'm going to sit in the car. And I'm going to try to get started on getting some of this done. And then at that time, Duke was saying our power was coming back on at like 145 in the morning. Power went out at 9. This was pushing. No, power went out at at, yeah 9, I think. when We did that interview at 7. Powering on at 9. This is pushing 11 o'clock. Um, I get everything gathered up. I get it all out to the car. I put the key in the car to turn the car on, to turn the Wi-Fi on. I've been in the car 30 seconds. Kelly taps on the window. Chad powers back on. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm so mad. It's just one of those nights. And then I was up until 2.30 in the morning re-recording every word that I spoke in that Gino Gadouli interview. I should have let you ask all the questions. I would have had a lot less problem.
1: Yeah, you would have.
0: Because it was only, the, the issue was only every time I spoke. Oh, it was, a, it, was a, it was a night from hell, Dave. But thanks to everybody for listening. I think I, I saved the Gino interview enough that I think it came off really well. And the thing I loved about it was Gino is one of those, what you see is what you get guys, right? You ask him a question, you're going to get the answer. You're not going to get any bull bullshit.
1: No. And we, I mean, we didn't even, like, I actually did prep for that. And I had like four or five questions about last year in 2020 and offense and passing game and, What do you have the QBs working on right now since they're at home? And we didn't get to any of them. And it wasn't for a lack of effort. we We got plenty of content. We went 20
0: minutes long and still had four or five questions to go. Uh, So maybe uh, as we get, you know, if this thing really is eight weeks, like maybe three, four weeks from now, I'll hit him back up. Because he said he had a great time doing it. He he offered to, to redo the interview. And I didn't wanna, you know, I didn't wanna put him back in that situation of asking, you know, the same questions over. So um Luckily I was I was able to save it. But that's about all I got for tonight. How about you, brother?
1: Yeah. Hey, I'm ready for bed. We had a long one today, so uh be looking forward to tomorrow's uh podcast with coach brandon
0: yep justin and i are uh we'll be Can, up bright and early give
1: me something good to listen to during the day
0: like i said i will get that one up we're we're recording at nine thirty, um so we should be done Dude, by. that means you gotta get up early i know right um I'm, I'm, I'm not a morning person but uh john still you know he's down in florida with the family and the wife has a uh a detailed daily agenda. Plus, they're doing, you know, everybody's back to work now. So they're doing meetings on Zoom and, and having staff meetings and calling recruits and doing all that. So I, I had a 9.30 to How 10... How do you have a... What? How
1: do you have a detailed agenda when you're not supposed to leave your house? Around
0: the house. I mean, they I think they've got a private beach. So whatever <laughs> they're doing, I mean, I don't know. He... he 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 was he was taunting me mocking me last night dave we were exchanging texts as i was as i was sitting in the dark we are exchanging texts about the podcast for thursday and at the end of it i was like all right well i'm going to sit here in the dark and cry about this this interview that i think i probably just lost And he's like, okay, sounds great. I'm going to go back down to the fire pit at the beach and finish my beer. I'm like, you son. (laughs) Oh, him and Fickle pick on me, man. (laughs) They they get a great kick out of taking shots at me.
1: Hey, yeah, but what do they say? If if they're not either coaching you up or giving you a hard time, means they don't care about you?
0: Yeah, I guess that's it. All right, well, we will have that tomorrow, late morning, early afternoon. Enjoy this one tonight. Enjoy Gino Gadouli from yesterday. We uh, that, that, that should give you guys enough to get you through the weekend into early next week. And then from there, we'll, uh, we'll figure out a way to come back with another one. So he's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ podcast presented by the Holy Grail here on BearcatJournal.com.